Takun, what are you doing? Homework. Then why don't you do it at home? It's not cool. You can do my homework too if you want, huh? Huh? Your hands are upside down. Huh? Oh! You should play baseball too, Takun. Why do you always carry around a bat? Why do you always hang around here by the river? Because you know. Oh? Now why was it? You're in a good mood. You smell like cigarettes. The strong ones. I haven't been smoking. Mamimi, why do you always do this? Uh, Earlobes. How? Hmm? Oh. If I don't do it, I'll overflow. What do you mean? What'll happen? Probably something amazing. Ugh! Welcome to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes talk about anime. He's wild, he's crazy, he's Matt. <laughs> Hi. He's doing his best job trying to cosplay as Robot Detective K. It's Bill. I mean, it's not my best job. <laughs> it's a half. Small steps. Yet. <laughs> Small steps. Small steps. <laughs> Start at the top, work your way down. Absolutely. And it's Monday tomorrow. Yay, another work week. I'm Andy. Yo. <laughs> hey, guys. Hi. That brought the energy down. <laughs> I invite you to find solace in my arms anytime. Ah, oh, thank you. I appreciate that, Matt. That is that is warm and inviting. Just like we are going to be warm and inviting in our discussion or send-off... <laughs> A fooly cooly today, depending upon your 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 stance of how you see this. Some some might <laughs> bring fooly cooly close to our chest today and luxuriate in its in its glow of 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 warmth. And some of us might be packing fooly cooly's bags and kicking it out to the the corner so we can catch the bus and head to somewhere else that isn't here. Uh, but can today you we... guess who that is, audience? <laughs> <laughs> today we are talking about the end of Fooly Cooly, our finale of Fooly Cooly, not the end necessarily, because we're just talking about the entirety of season one of the anime, all six seasons, to end our season eight. Holy cow! Finishing a season eight in the winter, all it took was a six episode anime. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Me cheating. <laughs> we should do this more often. We've got. Tons of things for you today, as is usual for our end-of-season episodes. But before we get into that, how are we all doing today? I'm good. I was fine until you brought up Monday tomorrow. Jeez. Hey, you know what's good? Maybe by the time this episode actually comes out, it'll be around Christmas. And yeah. then so we, we can just pretend that it's like <laughs> Christmas time right now. Like, I could put a little Christmassy music right here. Oh, that feels nice, doesn't it? 
Uh, I, yeah. You know, the go- like the uh, Gremlins theme was... Uh... <laughs> I mean, I, I appreciate it. That's my favorite Christmas movie. It is I probably my favorite Christmas movie as well. Uh, may, well, maybe Charlie Brown's Christmas. I do I do, do love me a Charlie Brown's Christmas, even though it gets preachy. Uh, but I I, I I do love Gremlins. Grem, I, Matt, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Well, know the answer to this question. Come on, say it anyway. All right, Tokyo Godfathers, of course. Satoshi Kon's legendary Tokyo Godfathers. Ah, uh, yes, the, my first choice of what I would have thought there. <laughs> I mean. Makes as much sense as as Gremlins. That's true. We got Gremlins. We <laughs> got we got we got Charlie Brown. We got Tokyo Godfathers. Gremlins like is a, pretty Christmassy. It is. Yes, it's very Christmassy. Not as much as Tokyo Godfathers. That reminds me, I gotta buy my ticket for the showing on the fourteenth at the local draft house. You're going on my birthday, huh? You want to come? Yeah, <laughs> you say. Go with him for my fortieth birthday. Yeah, head down. To, let's head. Let's head down to Texas for your fortieth birthday. Go watch this movie. I'm yeah. sure it'll be like a twenty-some hour drive. That's fine. What day is your birthday on this year? Let's see. Oh, it's a Wednesday. I'm sure that's fine. Yeah, that's our jobs will be fine. That, then. Won't, that won't be a problem. <laughs> will not be a problem for either of us. <laughs> oh, that would be rad, though. Hey, let's change up the music. It's trivia music. Because we are about to play everyone's favorite anime game. It's Anime 20 Questions. Yay! This is what I wanted to play. Last time we did a really terrible online quiz over... <laughs> it's not make fun of Andy for his picking, bad picking of quizzes. <laughs> uh, so instead we are going to play a classic game of 20 Questions. Um, where we are going to... You're going to attempt to try to guess the anime character. Character. And... For those of you who have not caught our previous episodes, we did this on one other finale episode, as well as we had a whole bonus episode of these on our Patreon at patreon.com slash tuningjapanese. If you're not familiar with the rules, here are the rules as I have laid out. Uh, of course, you can only ask yes or no questions. Um, if there, for some reason... <laughs> Matt, Matt's over there signing for the hearing impaired. <laughs> <laughs> He's just really jazzed. Um, <laughs> yes. If there is a question that I do not know the answer to, uh, I will. we will skip that question. It will not count against you. All questions will be answered um, about their role in the anime or, and not the manga. Um, so you can ask a manga question. Um, I may have to look it up, but um, keep in mind that I am only pulling characters specifically from anime. So there is a manga. You're giving away too much already. Well, if there is a manga. I'm just reading my, 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 my rules that I have set up from... You are more of the expert than me there, Matt, but... Uh, These are general rules. Can, general you na- rules. can you name an anime that doesn't have a manga attached to it? Yeah. I'm sure I could, but I but I, I don't know. Yes. You're only allowed to guess a character's name one time. If you guess a character's name and it is the incorrect answer, you automatically lose. So you can't just go in, figure out what the anime is, and just spend to blow the rest of your guesses just guessing anime characters. Um, you're not allowed to look up information during the game. All this information must come from your brain meets, your dome, so no Googling or cheating. We'll try to go back and forth in order, uh, unless someone has a really good idea for a question and they want to jump in. Um, as long as the other person is okay with that, I don't mind. Um, characters will only come from anime that we have covered in some way on this podcast. Uh, that includes series. Uh, do you want me to give you the list, or do you want me just to leave it as vague as things that we have covered? We're going to go over the list later when we talk about our rankings, so... Yeah. So we might as well just go over it now? 
Or I was going to say we probably shouldn't because... Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay. Because okay. then we're just going to do it twice. Okay, so that includes main series. That includes bonus series. That includes bonus episodes. I'm not counting uh, the tuning in episodes, however, as part of this. Just stuff that's made it onto mostly the, pretty much the main feed. That's fair. Um, so stuff that we've, like, for example... Mushishi will be will, will be a potential one on here, right? Because we covered a couple episodes of that. Something like Sailor Moon could be a potential because we have covered a couple episodes of that on the main feed, etc., etc., etc. Also, anime movies that we have covered are fair game. Vampire Hunter D, as an example, could potentially be something to pull from. I will mention that anime-adjacent things that we have covered are not fair game. That means that we Transformers is not a potential for this. That means the newsroom is not the potential for this, because that would be fucking wild in an anime character. It's a panthro. <laughs> no, and you lose. All right. Let the 20 questions game begin. Okay. Go. Are they bigger than a normal-sized human? No. Does the character in question have a gender? Yes. Uh, are they a conservative character? Conservative as in, um, their way that they present, like, their sexuality? Or conservative as, like, reporting for the Republican Party? <laughs> uh, <laughs> in their clothing choices. Are they, are they conservative in their clothing choices? Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say I can't answer that well. Okay. So I'm not going to hold that one. <laughs> Uh, is the character abroad? No. Thank you for asking if the character's abroad. <laughs> I guess you are wearing a hat that kind of puts you back in time a little bit. Right. He meant, do they not live in Japan? <laughs> or they... Is it a are they Are they abroad? Are they in another country? Mm -hmm. Are they overseas? Mm -hmm. That's what it. That's what he meant by that that's question. What he meant, yeah. Did you say look at their dick? Is that what you said? No! What? Okay, so is it one of them dames? Oh, the Okay, that's not what he meant. Then I will ask that question. Uh, are they living in Japan? Uh, no. Do they know what Japan is? Uh, I'm going to say no. Okay. I'm going to say no. That's five questions. So they're either not on Earth or they're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh. Are they on Earth? No. Are they stupid? No. Good, good question, though. I like I like <laughs> that you worked both those in there. No, I would not consider them stupid. Is it weird that I suddenly can't remember what shows have been covered? <laughs> <laughs> well, you could try find ways, I guess, to narrow it down that way too. That's I think in the past you've done that. Yeah. Do they live on a desert planet? No. Do they have an easily definable D&D &D class? No. I love the way you're phrasing these questions, by the way. They're great. <laughs> Are they human? No. That's ten. No. Oh. Do they enjoy a spiral shape? No. Have they, have they likely ever stiffed somebody's butt? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> that that bizarre question I, I think has narrowed it down significantly yes. I think it honestly has 
All righty then. Love that. That was the question that really narrowed it down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are they trying to get to paradise? No. So a male wolf, likely a male wolf from Wolf Drain, is my guess, is my thought process. And it wouldn't be Kiva because he was, they all kind of were, but Kiva most so. Man, I don't even remember the, all, their, all their fucking names. <laughs> is it Tobaway? Remember, if you ask if you ask a character if it's a character, then you and you're wrong, you automatically lose. Oh yeah, no, I, I think Tob- I think all the wolves were trying to get to paradise. So, and you got a point there. But there was one. Well, no, wait, I couldn't. You can't do this, right? <laughs> I can't suggest something to you, can I? <laughs> I mean, you, you can just can, ask it. You can suggest to you t- between you two. You can yeah, suggest. You can just like, say it. I can? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you, you guys can communicate with each other a little bit. Yeah, you can okay. say it. I don't Brainstorm care. Brainstorm together. There was a male, a villain who wanted to prevent them from getting to paradise. That's true. That's true. Oh, yeah. 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 You're right. Although he did also have a wolf form. Right. So he would have, he definitely would have sniffed some ass. <laughs> Was it the villain of Wolf's Reign? No. Okay. That's 14. I didn't say a name because I don't <laughs> remember it. <laughs> and there was more than one villain in that anime, so I would, yeah, allow that right. as a, I would allow that as a valid question. Can they fly? <sighs> Under normal circumstances, no. Do they fly sometimes? Yes. That's 15. They 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 are from Wolves Rain, right? Is that your question? Yes. No. Okay, that was why I. Oh. I figured we were barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> <laughs> Trixie, I see. But sniffing. <laughs> Wait a minute. I did say they were in space or not on Earth, right? Yes. It's like so I have they... a, I'm, I'm terrible at keeping track of what the. Yes, no answers are. Yeah, he so. said they were not on Earth, so... They're not on Earth. Not on Earth. I'll give you a little bit of uh, help there. Not on an Earth that... They don't know what Japan could... is. Yeah. It, that, that was actually could... the specific question. Yeah. Yeah, they don't know what Japan is. Oh, okay. So that rules out One Punch Man. Uh-huh. That rules out Evangelion. Yeah, FLCL. Yeah, FLCL um, probably rules out uh, even Gungrave. Excel Saga rules out the Excel Saga. Although they don't know what Japan is, that doesn't mean they don't live in like it could be Minchi from Excel Saga. Uh huh. Because it's a it's a it's a really tricky question that you had asked on that one because it's it's a it's a hard it's a hard question. Technically, no. Just because I'll give you a little bit of elucidation. Just because of the world. Technically, there is no Japan in this world. Is it a canine? No. Okay. Okay. That is 17. I have a sh- uh, uh, sh- uh, a finisher, but I don't think I, I don't have enough confidence in it. So I'm not going to say it until we have one more question left, unless you have a a better move. Uh, uh, no, Logan is on Earth. It is. But so. on an Earth that doesn't necessarily know what Japan is. Oh, right. Yeah, that was the thing, wasn't it? Yep. 
Is it a beast man? No. Oh, I, yeah. Is it a beast that eventually turns into a man? No. It's not That's 19. Dang. The way we've been playing, you have to make a guess. But if you want, we could do or 20 questions and then a guess. Yeah, I was thinking Budo, but that he turns into a human there at the end. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Dude that sniffs ass, isn't it? But isn't a dog. <laughs> Dude that sniffs. And not a beast man, which you'd a... think would. I mean. <laughs> I have one last Hail Mary guess, but. Uh. You have one more question and then a guess. Okay. So you want to grab something to narrow down in some way and then throw your Hail Mary or not? It's up to you. It's tough. Male butt sniffer, not animal or animalistic. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what? Well, you, you, I, you didn't you didn't narrow it down. It's not an animal. It's just not a dog. It's just not a dog. Oh, or a wolf. As a canine, so right. Okay. So, but it's not a partial humanoid animal like a beast. Yeah, man. It's not a beast man. So it's not a so combination it, so of it a is beast a, or a so man. So it is a beast. Oh, no, it's either a beast or a man. Or a man. But not both. But not both. And it's not Buddha, because he turns into a... Or Budo, mm -hmm. or whatever his name was. Right. Because he turns into a person there at the end. But right. he's the only mascot character I can think of in that. He is. I can think of another character in that show that probably sniffs the asshole once in a while. <laughs> Who... <laughs> Am I gonna get in trouble? <laughs> yeah, pro probably. Just, just okay. Okay, I... so they could be, they could be into it sexually. That's... Yes, there. Thank you. That we'll, we'll just phrase it that way. And don't knock it till you sniff it. I just want to say hey, that phrase. I, hey, I have smelled enough massive range. <laughs> I don't. I don't need a sommelier experience. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, you got one question and a guess. Is this character a human? No. Okay, so All right, that's not... your twentieth question, and now you have a guess. Okay, so now um, I know it's not Leron. It's not Leron. <laughs> I'll give you that one for free. You already figured it out. But it's not Leron. <laughs> it's my fault. I took it the wrong way with the wolf strain after the butt sniffing question. Well, I mean, that's where I was. That's where I was going. It's. Trying to make a joke about a wolf, but yeah. Yeah, but I wasted a couple. We wasted a couple questions on it because we it went there. We never actually definitively asked if it was Gurren Lagan either, but we just kind of <laughs> there. So uh, this is our one of our uh, strategies for the future. Just is it this show? This show? This show? This yeah. show? Yeah. Um. So we're right, out of need questions. a guess. Just a guess, right? Just a guess. It's like I left. Just need a guess. Uh, I will give this one to you, Matt. No. I am. <laughs> okay. You can also forfeit, and then we'll just reveal the answer. I'm not going to forfeit. I'll go down swinging. That I mean, sounds something... like giving up. I might say something stupid. <laughs> but... Okay. 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 Uh... I'll guess it's Vampire 100D's horse before I guess it's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Good. Hmm. <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. Okay, okay. There's so many characters, you're, me, you're making me sift through every single one that I can. And the... 
<laughs> I can barely remember most of them. Or their relationship to each other. Wait a minute. No, no, no. Can't be the brothers. Don't they're into their own anal sniffages. Did you did you guys ask if it's a human twice? Uh, I, I, I asked if it was the size of a normal human, I think. I'm, I'm trying to think back to the questions. I feel like Bill might have asked that twice. I might at the have. beginning and then at the end. But, oh, wasted anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Waste yeah. not, want not. All right. Need to guess. Okay. Is it Simone? Is it Simone? No, it is not Simone. Uh, all right. So that is an unfortunate fail. Uh, your current record, I believe, right now is three losses, two wins. Ugh. This character comes from uh, one of the most popular anime series of all time. Uh-oh. Huh. Okay. It is something that we covered in two, three different, uh, three different sets of episodes. We did a whole bonus season on this anime, and we also did uh, two movies on this anime. Oh. Is it Pokemon? It's Pokemon-related. Should have guessed. But it, but I did not pick a Pokemon uh, thing that would have been impossible, because I want to keep this fair. Uh, it is a uh, speaking character from Pokemon, but not a human. I mean, if I knew nothing about Pokemon, which I basically don't, then it's the same either way. <laughs> you probably... you it This, this character oh, doesn't normally Pikachu? fly, but sometimes <laughs> does fly, usually at the end of episodes. Oh, of oh. course. So, meow. Blasting off it's, again. It is Meowth from Team Rocket was the anime character that I chose. Uh, had a played obviously a huge part in the Pokemon movie that we reviewed, uh, the Pokemon the first movie. Which I wasn't uh, here for. So, it. so there, so there you go. That I was, wasn't here for uh, it. I'm not sure I was here for it. That was the anime character for this time around. I want I wanted to pick something Pokemon related because of uh, the release of Scarlet and Violet that I've been having a blast with. That is. Anime Character 20 Questions. If you like that, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Japanese and go to our bonus episodes and find our bonus episode where we did uh, spoiler, I guess I gave away some of the characters <laughs> for the 20 questions there. I'll cut that out. That's fine for uh, for that bonus episode. So I think it's time we move on, however. I wasn't even thinking bonus shows. I, I mentioned it. I mentioned it when I said it. Pokemon never crosses my mind for anything. Yeah, all right. I did. I said anything that was that we we have covered in some way, including movies, all that. When I blurb, when I when I went over, I was close. I'm sitting, I'm sitting here going, "Well, Luna's never sniffed an ass, probably. She's she's a lady, <laughs> <laughs> but Artemis. I mean, Ar- Artemis is Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? All right, so now is the time in the show where we're going to talk about. The anime. We're going to wrap up our discussion of Fooly Cooly, and then a little bit later, we're going to do a uh, quick rundown of what I'm going to call Fooly Cooly versus Gurren Lagann versus Evangelion. Ah! But first, we're just going to talk about and give our final discussion. But first. But first. Don't sniff that but first. We're heading <laughs> into our final discussion of Fooly Cooly, FLCL, and it was Bill's anime, so Bill is going to give us sort of his final take, final thoughts on the anime and we can jump in and talk about the things he has to say. Then I'll go. Then Matt will go. Bill, you chose this anime. I did. Why? <laughs> well, as we said in the beginning, I, I did watch it as a kid or a young man. Um, I remembered liking it and not entirely understanding it. Yeah. And I realized, I realized about halfway through Evangelion that it deals with a lot of the same themes. 
um, and that it was made by the same company. So that was the big reason I picked it. Okay. It was easily my weakest pick. Ah. Um, maybe not my weak, not my weakest pick, but my the weakest thing I have picked for um, the show. That would be for great. the show is I have liked it less less than all of my the rest of my picks and most of everybody else's picks. Hmm. It has some interesting things to say. I feel like it either needed to be longer or shorter. It either needed to be tighter, a movie to really talk about what they're doing, or it needed to be a a, a twenty episode, you know, regular length anime season where they they dug in a little deeper and, and gave the silliness some breathing room around like the actual what's going the fuck on. Let's explore that a little bit. I am in the camp of I don't know if I would want this to be a movie because I don't think they could have explored the silliness, which is one of the draws of this anime is to kind of make people go, what the fuck? I, I feel like a little more room to, to, to breathe would have been good. I think I, I don't, I do not see this as a 26 episode anime, but I, I could see it as a 12 episode anime. Yeah, sure. You know, kind of like, or a 13 episode anime, like a, like a one punch man. I, uh, it would be really fascinating to see, characters given a little more time to develop more episodes would actually help it. I agree. All right. My, my thought on a, uh, mm. like a movie, a single episode or movie would be, uh, all of the, the head boner robots kind of happen in quick succession. You know, everything happens over the course of the day. We don't have like random fire starting side plot and like they really, really condense what they're tell they're doing. I think the other direction would have been better if they would have gone. Yeah, I'll use a 12 episodes, maybe. Just a little bit of room to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything didn't have to be screamed at full, just full tilt boogie dialogue. And um, that we got a little bit more like what the hell is happening as opposed to like, here's a weird, a weird thing. Move on. Do you have thoughts on that, Matt? About mirror most of uh, my thoughts about it. A little more focus. 12 episodes would be good. It's like they just keep giving... Gynex things that are the wrong length, don't they? Yeah, that kind of that's been a theme. I would agree. So you said that this was something that you obviously had watched in your younger years, and you were willing to revisit it. Upon a revisit, generally speaking, are you satisfied with having revisited it, or what is kind of like if you had to sort of like grade this anime? Like where, like where, where do you kind of sit? Am I satisfied with the revisit? Yes. We got what we wanted out of it. I got a little more depth out of it. I understood it a little better. Now, as for a grade for it, C, it wasn't earth-shaking, groundbreaking, but it did do its job. Like I said, it's it's kind of half Evangelion, half Excel Saga. It, w- it was worth the time to look in. I mean, especially only being six episodes, it was worth the time we put we spent on it. Cool. Like, like, is there, is there, is there anything that like really stood out to you, I guess, maybe from this? The only other thought, a big general sweeping thought that I had, uh, that won't be stuff we dig into later. As I said, our, our kind of shadow fourth host I've been watching episodes with after game brought up that the structure of the show feels like a hentai. They just never get around to actually doing it. You know, jokingly, as it was said, I think there's probably some truth there. I think that was maybe intentional that they kind of put that that vibe out there, but then it never paid off because, of course, it wasn't because he's in fucking middle school. Blue balls the anime. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, for an anime that explores the idea of coming of age and sexuality and 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 things like that, like it's it crushes on older women and yeah, but, yeah. It, no, absolutely. I think so. I could see that being a, a, a an apt comparison. That's not a critique. That's if that was intentional. Uh, that was very deftly done. So Fully Cooley was, for me, an experience of pain, mostly. <laughs> I, I remember Toonami and seeing, like, a random episode or part of an episode one time. I was not invested when I watched it. I was one of those things that, like, I was watching other things. It came into the rotation. I had it playing. I wasn't really paying that much attention. I thought, this is a really weird anime. And never really thought of it again. Is kind of my experience initially with Fooly Cooly. Coming into it now, it was not an enjoyable experience for me overall. The two things I guess that I really did in, did in, indeed enjoy about Fooly Cooly. Number one is the music. Yeah, the music is phenomenal. It is. It, it it has a vibe that just rides you through each of the episodes. And if if everything if other things don't work, at least I had the music to listen to and and just really 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 enjoyed how it built the ambiance, how it built the action. I thought musically, it was fantastic. Agreed. I think that might that may have mm. contributed to the longevity of the show more than anything else was a stellar soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. It's very telling that the every the other seasons they've made are all based on music styles. Correct. Yes. You know, much like Queen of the Damned, it, it, the soundtrack really made the movie. <laughs> oh, for sure. Or like the dare, or like the Daredevil movie. Like yes, it's the soundtrack. Yes. How do you do you think it would have been there would have changed anything if it was less hetero? That's a good question for the that is a that's an interesting question for the gay man of the group. I think the exploration of sexuality from a heteronormative viewpoint is fine. I have no problem with those stories. They have grown up with those stories. I don't need to have a gay character and everything. That's fine. I don't, I don't, I just don't think the execution of the storytelling in general was, was well done. And this is where my second point of the thing, I guess, to kind of bridge into what's bad, it, like to something positive. One of the things I did like about the anime, the second thing I really, really liked was there were a few choice characters that I thought were handled really well. I, I, and I know we've said it every episode, but I love Mamimi's story arc. She's a character that, is lost in the world, who is bullied and belittled, who is misunderstood, who's a bit of a misfit, who comes to realize through her actions and mistakes that she can be her own person. Also to Matt's point, Matt's question, I think this was a uniquely heteronormative like story. I, I think it wouldn't have been quite the same. I'm not saying doing you know, a gay version of this or a bi version of this wouldn't have worked or couldn't work. I'm saying this character, this story, the way they did this, it seemed, it seemed like the plot points were very much heteronormative. Like it would have not been the same story. Agreed. Yeah. And I think that's not a bad thing for the story. I think, I think, I think it works perfectly. It's not like you could take a lot of love stories, like a, a really more traditional, typical love story. And you could plug in, any type of, of any style of like of love, right? right. Like you, you mentioned, like you know, whatever, like bi, gay, romance, whatever. This, I think, 
has to, and it's not the the sexuality of like the specific sexuality isn't the point, but like it's this idea of like a young boy coming of age and and that experience oftentimes I, I don't know, I just think every you're right, every the aspects of around it feel like it fits. A young straight boy kind of having these awkward feelings of a crush on an older woman that's kind of a yeah. thing and not quite, you know, being the typical, you know, horny middle school kid and boy mm-hmm. middle school boy. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. And even having that weird, like, struggle with his father about, you know, they're they're arguing over this woman. And I just, I don't think it would hit the same. Or like I said, not not that Fooly Cooly but gay would not be a decent anime. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't Not that it wouldn't be a decent story or a decent explanation, but it wouldn't be Fooly Cooly. Yeah. 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 I would, I would honestly agree. It's, it's a really interesting question, Matt. Okay, <laughs> that's all I want to do. That's... Absolutely is. That's, that's like, actually a really thought-provoking question. Yep. Um, I was thinking, you know, if it was asexual, they wouldn't have a story at all. Yeah, there wouldn't be. That, there would, wouldn't be, be, that would be a weird. That would be an interesting <laughs> version of that. To off your point a little bit, Bill, your explanation, I will grant maybe a third thing that I, I do like about this anime is that, and I'm just kind of like coalescing now from your comment, is... It tells a, a, a love story like that without falling into the wild anime tropes. Like, it doesn't feel like Tenshi. It doesn't feel like, you know, like any of those anime where, like, it's just exploration of, of puberty and coming of age in a way that, like, we don't see done in anime or I think in media. Right. Mm-hmm. In a good way. And I feel like this does a better job than most do. I, I could absolutely see, you know, some Bronte sisters story where the Lord of a manor like hires a housekeeper and his son has a crush on her and the father has a crush on her. And they, mm-hmm. both of them chasing her hand are, you know, and have some tension between them. And like, I could absolutely see this be a classical literature kind of thing. God, yeah. Putting this in the, the, the stance of Victorian literature. That's why or a lifetime movie or a lifetime or a, movie. I could see it be a, a lifetime movie too. hundred percent. That dad Wildest. is absolutely getting a shot. If it's a lifetime movie. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I will grant three things then. I will grant the music. I will grant some of the characters' story arcs. And I will grant, as a coming-of-age story, three strengths. But it's it's bogged down too much by... And again, this is coming from someone who loves Excel Saga. Being too frenetic. Being too scattered. Being too... Just... I don't know. Just, just somehow dull in a, a series that is just, just non-stop, doesn't end. Well, and again, Excel Saga has the room to be silly and establish the characters and... Yeah. Yes. You know, build some stakes. And even if it's silly all through, you sort of get it. Yeah. And Excel Saga's not trying to do the bigger thing. No. This is trying, and then by the end, you get to episode six, and you're like, oh, by the way, we have to cram in all this story for any of it to make sense. And that's just bad writing. Right, right. That's my take. Unfully Cooly. We'll talk about where I rank it when we're done with our discussion of the anime, but I bet you all can guess where it might end up. Or at least in the vicinity of where it might end up. Yeah, yeah. We are granting Matt the final bit of uh, analysis here because Matt has done some homework making this teacher proud uh, in talking about Fooly Cooly here. <laughs> and I didn't do shit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is on brand. Much uh, like school, I just got up there and bullshitted to like... <laughs> That's fair. Uh, Matt, you have some some points or thoughts that you want to bring to the table about Fully Cooly. 
Like much of Studio Gainax's work, FLCL is a layer of frivolity on a deep cake of thought. And much like myself as a young child, the icing is often the part that I would scrape off and enjoy, leaving the cake barely touched. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps this speaks to my weakness for the sweet sugar of shallow entertainments rather than the deep, baked mass of creativity. But there are also those who would see this whole thing, from icing to cake, as the same sugary topping above a mass of fluffy nothingness. And they may think, I'm not going to eat that. It benefits me in no way beyond the surface of excitement for my taste buds. That just expands my love handles. Was I hungry <laughs> when I wrote this? Yes, most you definitely. Think you might, <laughs> think you might have, I think you might have been hungry. Is the cake metaphor apt, or should I got, have gone with barbecue and sauce? I don't know. All I know is, like cake, I need someone to tell me what value they found in the deeper layer. And that brings me to this Reddit article by rfile009 from 2015. Before you go any further, though, Matt, I need to know, is the cake a lie, though? I don't think we can answer that until this article. I have, okay, <laughs> I have a few interjections right now. One... <laughs> If Matt uses the barbecue analogy, now I'm imagining Matt licks the barbecue sauce off the ribs and just, like, sets the meat aside. Oh, no! I hate that! I hate that so much! He just... No, I hate it! Don't use that analogy! Use the cake analogy! Please don't use the ribs analogy! And if... <laughs> I suppose in Texas it's probably brisket, but either way... Um... Oh, brisket, yum. Second part of the cake analogy... Uh, actually, I like that quite a bit, because I would say both in media and in cake, <laughs> I like the deeper part. I am the person that will scrape the, the frosting off and give it to my kid and eat the cake. <laughs> I prefer cake. In this case, uh, Fooly Cooly is just Duncan Hines box cake. It's there. It's serviceable. Uh-huh. The sweetness is fine on top of it, as you said. When you eat it, it, it's fine. It doesn't do anything. Like, it's not Old Town Bakery, like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> our cherry chunk wedding cake you know it's it's <laughs> it's box mix yeah these aren't crumble cookies no <laughs> rebuttal matt carry on no <laughs> no no rebuttal that's that's some beautiful great great thoughts there i love that bill good very nice <laughs> no, <stop> it, bill! <laughs> <laughs> and we hit on something that andy really doesn't like and it's gonna be hilarious breaking it out in Not front of him now all. and then not at all. If we when we come down for Bill's birthday, apparently we're gonna go get some ribs and not do that. <laughs> or, or we are. You're likely to spend my 40th birthday or the weekend adjacent to it with us eating somewhere. That's true. <laughs> all right, and it's well, my birthday. I, I can be an asshole if I want. We're gonna go to get ribs. All right. <laughs> we are now. It'd be delightful, truly. So I found this article. And I read through it, and it really hit some good points for me. I found there to be probably quite a bit of truth in it. Uh, so I'm going to just read through some of it uh, for you right now. This was the thoughts by rfowl 9 on Fooly Cooly. I know that many people find FLCL inscrutable, but I think in a lot of ways it wears its heart on its sleeve. Look past the psychedelic imagery and gonzo digressions. Just watch how these characters interact with each other. I think too many people get hung up on the sexual allegories. But that's not really what Nauta's journey is about. 
FLCL has a lot on its mind, but its message is obscured by the show's chaotic rhythm and the haziness of the character motivations, which is pretty much the same case as life, don't you think? I already have a problem with the the uh, essence of this article on the statement that uh, this is not really answering your question, so I apologize. Um, but on, on the statement that it is not about the the sexual sort of like maturity thing, um, and that's only because I'm an English major who always looks for the deep meaning and everything, and I did find that that does exist and is the, one of the only redeeming qualities of the anime to me. So to, to, <laughs> to, to then to then go, it's about like the, the haziness of the character interactions, and it's like, well, okay, maybe, but... I think there is a split difference there, because I think I think part of it is, like, they use fully coolie as sort of this nonsense word, uh, which is kind of like how how sex is to you at that age. Like it is a not, you don't know what this stuff means. You know, I remember being in middle school on the bus and people are laughing about 69 and I didn't understand why but it, was a, <laughs> it, it was a sex number. So <laughs> that's a sex number. It's but like, funny number. It, yeah, but we didn't really truly know, you know what it amounted to. And I think that's kind of what this is. It's like, and that's why everybody's trying to guess what it, what FLCL means. Cause, mm-hmm. cause they don't know. Cause he yeah. doesn't understand it. That is that is touched on in a, a couple paragraphs down from here. Oh, okay. Well, carry on then. Sorry. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> I do agree with the comment that uh, life has a chaotic rhythm and is pretty hazy on people's motivations. It goes on to say, FLCL does have an internal logic and every moment does serve a narrative purpose. Uh, everything is anchored by Nauta's blossoming perspective. We're confused by everything we see because we see it through the eyes of a 12-year-old who is being confronted by sexuality and the escalating complications of life for the first time. Now, this speaks, next part speaks to what Bill was saying earlier. Fittingly, the only way to understand FLCL is with rewatches. We can never understand what's happening to us during puberty until we reflect upon it later in life when we have gained more experience and emotional understanding. I mean, that statement is true. That statement yeah, is true. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if a further rewatch with that in mind would unlock anything different from the story. I'm sure because it's such a dense, strange telling that you could unlock more. Right. Like the nutritional value of cake. Yes. <laughs> I would say that that's true about every series, though, that we have covered. That we were able to unlock a lot more out of... Serious and goofy. Well, maybe with the exception of Excel Saga. <laughs> no, I think I think we even took a lot of the satire in Excel Saga. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, maybe not Excel Saga itself, but like what it was mirroring. Mm-hmm. I, I think we got more out of Excel Saga by taking it apart. Sure, I, yeah, I would agree with that too. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, and and surprisingly, uh, one of the ones I think we got the least out of taking apart was Trigun. I mean, we all enjoyed it. We all enjoyed talking about it. But its allegory, its story, it was its message was all pretty straightforward, pretty pretty on the surface. Um, and it, it wears a, a lot of its stuff on its sleeve. Absolutely, yeah. In, in that case, yeah, that that verbiage of wearing it on your sleeve, uh, and that's not a that's not a criticism by far for Trigun, but it it just we didn't get a lot lot more out of it watching and talking about it than we did just having watched it. <laughs> and I find that to be kind of interesting for being one of like obviously. It's at spoiler because those are our, our top one hasn't changed for any of us on our tops. It's our top anime for all three of us. And it's just interesting that like something that tells a story that like maybe we didn't dive as deep into 
or maybe even couldn't dive as deep into as some of the others. I think it's because Trigun is, it's more sincere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it may be the most sincere story on our list. I would agree with that. Maybe Wolves Reign. Maybe, maybe Wolves Reign kind of on, mm, I think yeah. I, I would put that up there too as a, as a more sincere one. I mean, there's, yeah. there's definitely, I think, I think one of the things is that Trigun and Wolves Reign are studies in characters yes. more than they are in underlying theme and message. Right. I mean, Wolves Reign has the whole like Buddhist reincarnation thing going on in the background too. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah. True. There is that to unpack. I mean, I, there is some Christ imagery with Fash, obviously, but uh -huh. like it's not hidden. Gunslinger Jesus. Yeah, it's it's not. I mean, it's right there. It's Wolf not like Buddhas. It. Yep. <laughs> None of us were surprised by it. <laughs> yeah. This is why I'm I'm sad that I didn't get to meet you, wonderful people, earlier, because it would have been great uh, to be on the Trigun chat. Well, we may have a chance to do that at some point down the road with a new <laughs> season of Trigun. Who knows? In, indeed. We'll check it out. They feel like Fully Cooly FLCL isn't about a boy becoming a man, but instead about how we are only hurting ourselves when we actively pursue adulthood or our idealized selves. I can buy that. My, my, counter, my counter question to that, and this is not like arguing with the article, but just trying to figure out what the article is saying by that statement is... What is the exact distinction between coming of age and and that statement? Okay, of like because aren't you because aren't you aren't you already wrestling with like the idea of becoming an adult like as part of a coming of age story? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. So what's the finer distinction there that they're trying to make? My understanding of that statement, my thought process there is then, yeah, it's less about him growing up into a man, more of him discovering who he is staying a boy, but being, being his own person, which finding is identity a, at a young age. And so yeah, of. which is slightly different. Bill, you and this article writer, I think would get along famously. <laughs> the characters keep asking what fully coolie means. Is it something kinky? Is it just gibberish? I think in the end, the show tips its hat to what it's all about. Love baby. Sex is an important and thrilling discovery as you're growing up, but if that's all you ever care about, then you'll become Nauta's dad, who is going to die alone. <laughs> okay, that's harsh, but a fair assessment. <laughs> I thought so. That's a very harsh, I but mean, fair yeah, assessment. No. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obsessing about sex is ignoring the bigger picture it's not physical sexuality that really paralyzes us during puberty what's really scary and frustrating are the anxieties and insecurities that come with sexual intimacy kids are given this narrative that love will be this wonderful feeling that can only brighten your life but it's much more complicated than that in reality love is traumatic and can tear you apart if it goes awry okay yes true however while there are, I think, some supporting things from the anime that show that that message, right? Like, the, the biggest mm -hmm. one that jumps to my mind is the last episode when the end of the big fight is him saying, I love you or whatever, right? Like, to, uh -huh. to Haruko. Yeah. Yes. Which, and, like, that whole episode of, like, <clears throat> him breaking down uh, when she leaves and has come back after abandoning him. Like, that's there. But it just is not. That then, I guess the third example is his brother, right? Like leaving and him being mm -hmm. kind of like left, like trying to like figure out the world for himself without like that that figure to help him out. But I don't, 
they just do a piss poor job of like building up to that, like last, that last episode and all of that. Like, sure. He's got these like weird attractions to Haruko, but also I don't, I don't buy, I do not buy that he loves her. Like, I don't, I don't buy it anywhere throughout those first five episodes that, that his attraction or his connection is, is anything, is, is anything at all. Like they needed to do better to like build that up. It's just, it's very poorly. Anything, done. anything but physical. Yes. Okay. I mean, unless that actual, you know, the sting of her was metaphorically her getting, like, yeah, they never surface level give us reasons to, like, show us that he actually loves her. They barely yeah. show that he lusts after her. Yeah, I agree. Just that he's awkward around her. And perhaps with 12 episodes, they could have actually told that story. So I don't uh, agree with the article there. I, yeah, don't, I, I don't think they mm. do it. Maybe they do it a little bit, but I don't think it's executed well. Fair enough. I think this article is written by somebody who is intelligent, um, but reading too much into the anime. Think so? Okay. I think the author of the article would have been a better director slash creator yes. slash whatever of this yes. anime than the actual anime itself. Well, I, I kind of feel that way about the way that we dissected Evangelion. I feel like we could have been like better. We could have made. We could have made. I know it's so, so much to say that, but I feel like I know, we could have made right? a better Evangelion than what was made. If the show was only about the sex, it would have ended when Nauta swung the bat and hit a home run. The show touchdown understands that the most terrifying thing is emotional intimacy, because that means taking off your mask and being truly naked. Many people are scared to show their true selves. They become convinced that there is something wrong with them, and that. To be loved, they must become this other person, their idealized self. Because of this, many folks don't make it through puberty intact. They've lost a crucial piece of who they are during the process and spend the rest of their lives trying to recapture it. If Fulikuli really truly was that, I'd be really into it. Again, I understand what he's saying very well. Mm -hmm. I like that take of it, and I wish we would have gotten that take a little stronger. I concur. That show could have been one of my favorite animes, but I don't think that's what we got. Maybe that was what we attempted to get, but that's not what we got. I think that's I think maybe that is the attempt. Right. I, again, it it's 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 so rushed to the end. This person is saying that it needs rewatches, and you're saying that you wouldn't need the rewatches if they'd done it better. Right. I agree. Yeah. It needs a remake. It does need a remake. And I and this is coming from someone that doesn't typically want remakes. I, I think this needs a remake. The problem with me with remakes, and this is a tangent, and I think I've said it on here before. I think you have the they remake things that were already popular that were already good like made a bunch of money and 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 was popular and good mm -hmm. and don't need to be touched again. They need to start taking things that was like this is a great idea and it was a it was a wet fart in execution. Let's take <laughs> this and redo it into something good. Mm -hmm. You know we don't need to remake Friday the Thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street. Remake Phantasm. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's on board. Yeah. <laughs> What FLCL, FLCL means to them is childhood and adulthood running parallel to each other. You need both in order to be a complete person. Here's some uh, stuff that I think fits Bill perfectly. You never stop being who you are as a kid. There's never this line that you cross to become your idealized adult self. Suppressing the kid in you is denying your uniqueness, snuffing out your capacity to hope and love. So many people disown their true feelings and their true selves in order to become their adult self in the hopes that they will reach that finish line, and they'll be all right. Our anxieties and insecurities are created by who we think we are supposed to be, 
But playing these roles is what makes all of these characters profoundly unhappy. And it's when they stop trying to deny their true selves that they find peace. Yeah. It's like, Bill, you are clearly not denying the kid in you. No, certainly not. And I try not to as well. I think Andy as well. Yeah, for sure. Some of my hangups here are when it comes to like some of these ideas is that like Haruko is a, is not a good recipient of a lot of these emotions. No. Yeah. And no, if she had had some sort of like <gasps> moment at the end where like human emotion broke through, which we have minor glimpses, but just really not really though. Then I think the execution could be a little stronger. Both to the point of the author and to probably the detriment of the anime. Haruko isn't really a fully-fledged character. She's an object. Hmm? She is the mysterious older woman that he's attracted to who flirts with him and teases him a little bit and is mysterious and inscrutable to him. Yeah. Uh, This is not a story about her from her point of view. Um, And maybe it would, you know, with some of that shift, maybe it would have been better to see that and feel that more. Um, But I really don't think she... She is absolutely the a female object in this anime. I will admit that so far I have cut a lot of the articles talk about Haruko. They don't think Haruko knows what love is, and that's her fatal flaw that keeps her from growing as a person. She's a teenage Peter Pan refusing to grow up and recruiting lost boys instead of Wendy's. She idolizes and wants to become a Tons because that's her idea of love. She's shocked at Naoto's affection because it's the first time she's been confronted what, and you'll take an issue with this, uh, because of what love actually looks like, I think. Right, Andy? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I I absolutely will. Um, And I'll explain why. So the idea, the plain idea that uh, that it's what she, Tomsk is what she sees as love is, 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 is asinine. It's what the human characters believe that she thinks is love. It's what Amaro or whatever his name is says like, oh, he, she's after this person that she wants to protect and save and blah, 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 out of love. Because right. we as human, because we as humans could like assume that if a woman is going and pursuing a man, it's out of love. Uh-huh, uh, right. And and not for what she wants, which is she's completely alien to the idea of love. She's, she wants power. Bold ambition. Uh, it's all ambition and power. I'm teaching Macbeth right now. Yeah, yeah. And it's an interesting parallel when you look at, honestly, it's a really interesting parallel. Now I said that sentence out loud huh. between Naoto and Haruko versus Macbeth and Lady Macbeth, because we just got through uh, most of Act Two, and there's a scene at, I think it's the end of Act One, where Macbeth rides home to his wife, Lady Macbeth, and it's she, after she just read the letter that got home that said, I, I found these fucking witches and they said I'm going to become king. And she has this whole thing where she's like, holy shit, we're going to be king and queen and there's going to be power and ambition. And as soon as she, he comes home, he's like, oh, my beloved, I've missed you. And she's like, my lovely king, you know, and, and like <laughs> she's just like on board with power. And all yeah, that other... or she's a tr- she's a cringy TikTok girl <laughs> or she's a cringy <laughs> TikTok girl. And every of the uh, male characters assume that. She's gentle, she's kind, she's loving. The king says, oh, he must have rushed home, you know, and you're very excited to see him out of love. And she never brings love into it. There's a line where Macbeth is like, oh, man, you know, if I kill the king, it's going to be, and I apologize for going on this tangent here. I promise I'll bring it back to Fully Cooley. Eh, Shakespeare's worth it. Yeah. If I I kill the king, um, 
I'm going to have so much guilt and the, the angels, these baby cherubim are going to, are going to be like, there's a constant reminder and, and of the innocence of the, of this man I just killed. And in that same scene, Lady Beth's like, yeah, we had a kid once that died, that died after birth. And if I had to take the babe from my breast and smash its brains in, I would do it to get what I want. So like, that's Haruko. Yeah. Haruko, Haruko will do, she, she will take advantage of, whatever this thing is that that uh naoto wants or or is is seeing in her to get what she wants just like lady macbeth will do whatever she can in order to get that power so there's something shakespearean which is uh-huh mm, i hate that i made that connection because <laughs> i really like macbeth um so well, yeah i don't know no, that, I that actually makes a lot of sense and I thought they were, he was her lover. Atomsko was like her boyfriend. That's how I remembered it. But that was told by the, the that characters. was told by Amara. That was not mm-hmm. something that was actually said. And I fell into that, that trap myself because even in that last episode, I'm like, wait, I'm confused because she's, yeah. I thought she was loving him, not what well, she wants to devour him. Yeah. But they were just wrong about her. Mm-hmm. Because they put on human affection onto a non-human being. They put on female tropes. They did more, more ah, so. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Well, I'm I'm super glad you said all that, Andy, because I'm looking at this line in the article here that says Haruko is powered by self-interest and narcissism. What she wants is to vindicate her own ego by becoming the most powerful being in the universe, her idealized self. That I will buy. Yes. That I will buy about her character for sure. Yeah, and then it talks about uh, now to. Specifically, how he he gained Atomsk's powers, but he realized he didn't want or need it. It would have just been him putting on another mask or a pair of fake sunglasses or seaweed eyebrows. He and he doesn't need to drink the sour stuff, and he doesn't need to become his brother. He loves the sweet stuff. He loves his brother. He loves his boring old town, and he loves Haruko. Maybe. Right. At least he thinks he does. That's what we're. At least he thinks he does. Yeah. And is that the same? Again, I think this is where the thing being a longer series would have would have breathed. That, that's a question that could have been answered and could have been, or explored at least, a question that could have mm-hmm. been explored, and it should have been explored. I was very disappointed to find out that what the, the other seasons have Haruko and nobody else in them. Cause that, right. Like, yeah. I would rather her come back and explore, you know, do they really, does he really love her? What does that mean? What does that look like? And Yeah, unless they're planning to bring them all together in the final season or something like that. I haven't heard anything about that so far. So at the moment, yeah, it's a lost opportunity. I'll make an argument of why not having him back, though, could be a good thing um, for kind of finishing that story. If it is a story about growing, evolving, and and coming of age, that it's one of the catalysts that did that for him. So he can go on and hopefully have a more adjusted life, and Haruko can go around fucking up other people's lives. <laughs> But I think I think him realizing that he doesn't love her or the kind of love he has for her is superficial. Um, I think that could have been a very interesting story. Could have been. Like, that That could have absolutely been a place to to branch off from. Why do you think she extends the offer to Naoto again? Like, right at the very tail end of the episode when she's floating on her little Vespa in the air. And she's like, you want to come along? And then she's like, nah, you're just a kid. She takes it back pretty much immediately. Yeah, immediately. Is it just like a realization that like this is this kid's a lost cause? Is it a realization that like I don't know? Like it was such that, a that weird. She's gonna fuck him up further, taking him with her instead of. But she doesn't give a shit. Or, it's possible that 
it's possible that she is a negative trope in her own right of the the crazy bitch who just wrecks up people's lives. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know, maybe she's the uh the the Mona Lisa Saperstein of of this anime. You just money please and then just wrecks up everything <laughs> and everything cuz she doesn't care. I mean, that's a uh-huh. good assessment I think of her character in general. Uh, it, the literary connections aside, I don't think she's a well-written character. Mm. Uh, yeah, and I think I think if the baseline is simply her 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 one line descriptor is crazy bitch. Oh. Like that's what she represents in the story. That's not great either. No, mm-hmm. it's not. That's not a character type we need more of necessarily, but right. Yeah, it's one we need less of. Speaking of going back to the kiss, the climactic kiss is not a physical consummation. Nauta and Haruko had locked lips several times throughout FLCL, but it was always her kissing him. All those times, the kiss was just a provocation and meant nothing. In the end, Nauta chooses to kiss her, and that actually means something this time. It could have been a physical consummation. He could have... (sighs) Tell. Yeah. (laughs) He got a lonely island in his pants. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. When Nauta lets Haruko know that she is loved, even if it may be misguided, uh, he's defying all of her cynicism and selfishness, and in that one moment gives her a dose of redemption. Hmm. I mean, that's what I think the anime's going for, for sure. Yeah, he kisses yeah. her because he's grateful for the journey. It's that I don't buy. I think it's, I think it's a sense of like wanting to make human connection with her. Yeah. And it doesn't work because she's she's incapable of that. I mean, yeah. it works, but it doesn't work. Like, right. The kiss does save the day, essentially, yeah. in some way. Uh-huh. But... Yeah. Uh, Har- Haruko is a bad person, but when Nauta kisses her, she's defined as a person who is loved and not a monster. I hate to say it, but as we're, as we're talking about it, and, and they, there's absolutely an incel reading of this anime where, mm. you know... It, the it's the woman's fault for being the monster and being cold, and this guy tries, you know, to give her love and and oh, I don't like that. Be the good guy in her life, and she. Oh, I oh I don't like that reading, but I no, can but see it. Yeah, yeah, it is absolutely could be there. Yeah, I can see I could see an incel latching on and using this as an anime to be like, see, yeah, these stupid women don't want to. Don't want to listen, right? And right, and then all, they need, all they need is let us love them, and then everything will be fine. And Ugh, yeah, I hate that. I hate that so much. I believe this uh, article is from a male perspective. I could be wrong. Uh, if it is or isn't, then a a similar article from the opposite side would be a beneficial read. I would say. I would like a, a female version of a read of this, of this anime. And yeah. Unfortunately, we don't, we don't offer that on our podcast. So I apologize. <laughs> it, I think this would be an instance where that, where, where a, a gendered reading would be, mm-hmm. would be interesting as a counterpoint. Oh yes, definitely. Yep. FLCL lingers on Harko's guitar as it strums one last note. It's an acknowledgement that even when they are flawed and disappointing, the most important people, people in our lives are those who strike a chord. That was a single string, not a chord. So much for puns. <laughs> that was a failed pun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. Sure, sure. 
Sure, on that last one. Sure. <laughs> okay. Well, that was a, that was a very uh, scatter scatter shot butchered version of that article. So we'll put a link to that article. Yeah, we'll link to it for everybody. Yeah, yeah if they absolutely. want to read it. Give them credit. All right. Because it definitely uh, was meaty. Yes. So well, meaty. Well, so meaty. <laughs> any um, any final thoughts on Fully Cooley before we get to our rankings? I'll probably rewatch it at some point. I don't think I'll rewatch it enough as many times as uh, some article writers might recommend. Well, who knows? We'll, we'll we'll have to wait and see. I talked myself into breaking it up, and then I talked myself into breaking it down in the in the course of this conversation. <laughs> which is which is this is normal. This is normal, and I will not be rewatching it because life is too short to watch bad shows. Yeah, I don't regret doing this, but I don't think I'm going to do it again. Well, now's the time where we, where we move on to our rankings. We are keeping a running ranking of all the shows, uh, series that we have covered from in totality uh, as a regular season, or in the case of Record of Lotus War, the OVA, in totality as a bonus season. Uh, so I believe neither or none of us changed our original order. We just slotted Fooly Cooly in. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Uh, so my list reads as follows, and I will just slot Fooly Cooly in and explain where why I put it where I did. Uh, starting with Trigun, as we've talked about, still, I think, my favorite of the shows that we've talked about. Beyond that, it's Record of Lotus War at number two, Wolf's Reign still at number three, XL Saga at number four, Gungrave at five, Evangelion at six, One Punch Man at seven, Gurren Lagann at eight... And then that leaves me with Fooly Cooly at the bottom of the list, now taking up what I have been calling in my head the Gurren Lagann spot uh, at number nine. And I do want to make some comment here. I did consider moving Gurren Lagann up a little bit, potentially above One Punch Man, after watching these three shows together. It did make me, I think, uh, appreciate the storytelling of Gurren Lagann more, kind of similar to what happened last time with Bill when we watched mm-hmm. Evangelion. I think I appreciate Gurren Lagann more after having to watch Fooly Cooly. It would be interesting to rewatch, uh, you know, maybe do one episode of, of after rewatching. You know, I will never watch Fooly Cooly again, but it, this I makes mean, me want to watch Gurren Lagann. That's again. what I mean. It'd be interesting for yeah. us to rewatch Gurren Lagann and not not make a whole season out of it, but just rewatch <laughs> it and, and come then back discuss and discuss it. Yeah, yeah, and take into consideration how the combination of Evangelion and FLCL created Gurren Lagann. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I had to put Fully Cooly at the end. I didn't move Gurren Lagann up because I still enjoyed One Punch Man more than Gurren Lagann. I think. <laughs> so I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going to keep it there. Uh, so that's my list. Fully Cooly has dethroned Gurren Lagann as my least favorite show uh, of this of these seasons so far. Bill, who has now moved his his list around after yes. our conversation, because it was. I would like you to tell the fans where you had it slotted after you give the list. Again, my number one is is Trigun, uh, followed up by One Punch Man, um, and then Record of Lodas War, then Wolf Strain, Gurren Lagan. This is where I initially slotted Fully Cooly in, between Gurren Lagan and Gungrave. Okay. And it just kept falling down the list as we talked. <laughs> so Gungrave after Gurren Lagan, then Excel Saga, then Evangelion, then Fully Cooly. Okay, so you are slotting this below Evangelion. Yes. Which I this, find interesting. This falls into my bottom slot also. Okay. Like I said, at first I thought it meant more, it had a little more to say, 
a little tighter than maybe Gungrave. When I think back on Gungrave, I don't remember the good mafia stuff. I remember the boring zombie cowboy stuff. Uh-huh. I got thinking about that. I was like, no, you know, 80% of Gungrave needs to be above Fooly Cooly. I said in Excel Saga, in, in the similar vein of being frantic comedy, Excel Saga was a little bit more deathly done. Mm-hmm. And then it became Evangelion versus Fooly Cooly. And as I said uh, back in that season, the further away I get from Evangelion, the more I watched an article about it, or read an article about it, the more I liked what they said. And, like, that would drop away as soon as I started watching it. Yeah. But, like, there's real nugget of gold under all the crap. <laughs> I'm And as we had this discussion, I, I don't know. There's a nugget of gold in Fully Cooly. Or if there is, there's not mu- as much. Both of them were very clumsy. Evangelion had kind of a an incel jerk as a main character. Fully Cooly kind of feels like it was written that way <laughs> by that person. I hate this reading of it, but I, man, I think it—I think it could you know, be there. Like Ano need, just needs a hug. Fully uh, Cooley's Fully Cooley's creator. I don't think I would have wanted to even be around. The entire staff of Otaku that make up Studio Gainax probably needs <laughs> to have a talk with somebody. Probably yes. true. Probably true. Uh, Matt, run us through your top nine list. All right, number one, Trigun. Probably won't change, although I I am going to give the upcoming series its due. One Punch Man 2, Wolf's Reign 3, Lotus War 4, Gurren Lagan, Excel Saga, and then I have FLCL above Evangelion and Gungrave. What puts FLCL above those last two? If I could call Gungrave 100% good, Fully Cooley would be at the bottom. But, as Bill said, there's like 80%. It's 80% good. As it relates to Evangelion, I am I just like the focus on humor for FLCL. And if they want me to think deeply about it, I'm more inclined to think about the aspects of love relating to Fully Cooly than what Evangelion wants me to think about. Trauma. Exactly. <laughs> Lots of trauma. trauma. Yeah. So, love and humor comes out over trauma and despair, which is why Fooly Cooly is above Evangelion for me. I like a good tragedy. That's why Evangelion <laughs> is, is higher up on my list, I suppose. I like a good tragedy. Like a good tragedy? Yeah. That's all right. Tri- Trigun is one of my favorite tragedies. That is our uh, rankings list. We will see how that changes when we get to the end of the next season. But... Definitely going to change for me. Before... We talk about next season, which is going to be the last thing we talk about. Uh, I wanted to do just a little more discussion. We're going to do a quicker version of this than I originally had planned. Uh, I put together some categories, uh, and I'm going to call this segment Fooly Cooly versus Gurren Lagan versus Evangelion, where we're going to go through different aspects of these shows, and we're going to give our rankings of which one is the best, which one is somewhere in the middle, and which one is the worst. We'll debate kind of these categories a little bit as we go, because I feel like we could adjust, like, who's in the categories okay. in some of these. Okay. Uh, I want to start with main characters. So who's at the top and who's in the middle and who's at the bottom here on these lists? It's Naoto versus Simone versus Shinji. Uh, Bill, I want to start with you. How would you rank those three? Easy. Simone, Naoto, Shinji. Uh, Simone has the most complete arc. He has the most character growth and development. 
Uh, Naota is really just kind of a kid trying to figure things out, which is fine, but he, we don't get the full story we do with Simone. And Shinji's a little creep. <laughs> exactly the same. Difference between Shinji and Naota is I don't want to actively slap Naota because I understand what he's going through. And I understand what Shinji's going to going through as well, but he's just such a little bitch about it. All right, I'm going to go be controversial here. I'm going to go Shinji, then Simone, then Naota. As we have talked about in the past, I think Shinji's character is a lot more complex than we give him give him credit for. As an analysis of how someone deals with trauma, uh, it is a fascinating character to follow. He's still jerked off on an unconscious girl. <sighs> True. We're not talking about the story or the writing or the, or the, the scene. or We're talking about the character themselves. And in the character himself, that's still bad. Fair enough. We're going to move on to father figures. Uh, fathers or father figures in each of these animes. So here's what I came up with, and you can debate whether this is true or not. Uh, I have Kamon, uh, the literal father of uh -huh. Naota. I've got Kamina, who uh -huh. is the sort of figurative father figure of uh, Simon. Absolutely. And then I've got Gendo, the literal father figure of Shinji. I think that's totally fair. I think Kamina uh, is number one here. I think Simone has his full character growth because of Kamina. Kamina is like the polar opposite of Gendo. Yeah. He loves this kid, even though he's not his, they're friends. He's just an older friend who takes it upon himself to be a mentor and to say, Hey, even if you don't believe in you, believe in me and I'll believe in you. And as trite as it felt at the time, in contrast to the way Gendo is just doesn't give any shits about anybody. Kamina is absolutely the best of the three characters. And Kaban is just a, uh, just kind of a general middle rank dorky father who's not very good at it. And obviously Gendo's a monster. I would agree that Kamina is the best of these three characters. I'd put Gendo strangely next from just a character writing standpoint. Um, I think he's more he's a more compelling character. He's a better character. Yes. But are we ranking them as a father or are we ranking them I don't as know. a character? I don't know. That's a good question. I guess if we're, if we're ranking them as a father, then I agree with Both. you. I'm going to go Kamina, then Kamon, then Gendo. If we're doing it as like compelling character, I would guess I would Kamina, Gendo, and then if, Kamon. If we're but going yeah. compelling character, Gendo might be number one. True. Yeah. But I don't I don't want to rank him as compelling character. I want to I want to rank him as how, as they, how they fit that role. Okay. Then we're gonna, then I'm going to I'm going to agree right with you then though. Matt. That makes three then. Kamina, then Kamon, then Gendo. Mothers. This is interesting because there is an actual, like, mother figure for, a real mother for Shinji. But, and again, this is a tougher category. I put down Haruko for Fuli Kuli. Even mm -hmm. though she's kind of a weird love interest, I think she is a motherly figure. There's a little the bit of Oedipal. Well. Like I said, I, I made a joke about, like, is this stepmom, stepmom hentai, but it, mm -hmm. it kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, same yep. thing can be said for Yoko. Uh, there's a bit of love there, but also like a motherly role for Simone. And then uh, Misato is the one that I put down instead of uh, Yuri. Absolutely. I think that makes sense in, this, in the context of the story. Yeah. I think Misato is probably number one on my list here. There's a little bit of weird Oedipal stuff with all three of them. Oh, yeah, for sure. But Misato pretty much only plays into that as a last ditch effort. It's misguided, but it's not creepy. Yeah. She actually loves Shinji. She's maybe the only character person on the show that actually loves him mm -hmm. um, and takes care of him and wants to see him succeed. I would say Yoko in the middle because there's less of that weirdness, but, and we see it, she can be a nurturing older sister type. She's more of a love interest to Kamina. So like other than the, the, oh, I met her and she's got her huge boobs hanging out. 
Like, there isn't much more of that. Um, and Kyoko's a great character. Haruko's probably the least there, because as we said, she's basically a sociopath. I would agree. I'm going to rank it the exact same way. I'm going to go uh, Misato, then Yoko, then Haruko. And as for me, I'm actually thinking Yoko is my number one. I figured as much. Misato is my number two, and Haruko is my number three. Okay. No, 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 no. No, Yoko, Yoko, Haruko, Misato. That's how it goes for me. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Yoko and... Simone are the less the least skeevy matchup for this relationship of okay. the group. That's fair. Okay. Uh, Haruko, I, I get that. again, she was kind of the lover to Kamina, which was his father figure, so she's a mother figure. But yeah, that makes yeah. Haruko is only pretending to to love so she can get power from a Tomsk. So that's why she's the second. But at least she doesn't want to fuck Nauta. Which is why Misato is in last place. I don't think Misato wants to so much as was willing to if it, if it saved the world. <laughs> the next category that I want to talk about is the love story. So we're going to look at the love interests. And we have, I wrote down three love interests for Fuli Cooley. Uh, Mamimi, Haruko, and Eri, because they have all three have like moments of romance and figuring things out. I have Nia and Yoko down for Gurren Lagan, and I have Asuka, Rei, and Misato all down for Evangelion. Now, are we ranking the love interest and how much we like them, or how much the love sto- the love story of those characters play is interesting? Let's go. Let's go with that second thing. Okay. Like how the love story, like how effective it was in telling, because each of these has has to do with love as a love and relationships as a major theme in all three. Surprisingly, the best one of the three for me would be Asuka Rei. Agreed. Um, again, I think Mas- I don't think Masato fix- factors in. She fills a different role, and even that thing at the end with like the "I'll show you what adults do" or whatever, again was more of a "I got to do whatever I can to get this kid to do what he needs to do," not a right. You know, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. But Oscar and Ray are the more complex characters. I mean, it is kind of the the red oni, blue oni, like the fiery one and the cool one, and but I just think it's more interesting of a, of a story. My second would probably be the Mamimi Haruko Iri. I also agree. Uh, obviously, Haruko has got her own thing going on. Mamimi it wants him to be his brother. Iri is kind of the the little bit of light that, hey, here's somebody who's legitimately maybe okay to date. My least interesting of the three is actually, I'm going to edit you a little bit here. Uh, again, I don't see Yoko as a love interest for Simone. It's Nia. He opens the box, there's his prize pixie girl, pixie dream girlfriend, <laughs> and then they're just, they're in love. And then yep. her her next narrative role is to threaten the world, and he has to do something about her. Mm-hmm. Just like Nauta and uh, Haruko. I concur with everything you said yet again, Bill. I think I think you're, you've hit it on the head on that one. I think the the love story is extremely weak for the main character, at least in Gurren Lagann. If we were talking about Kamina and Yoko, it would be a slightly different slightly different story for me. Right. Bang, bang, Maxwell Silverhammer. Bill's right. <laughs> Let's go with villains. Who has the most compelling villains? Which anime? Uh, I wrote down Medical, Mechanica, or Amaro. And I guess Haruko on that and as Haruko, well, of course. Yeah, there too. Yeah. yeah, which I didn't include there initially. Uh, versus the Anti-Spiral slash Beastmen slash Viral. 
I guess was a specific yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Versus the Angels or Sile or Gendo, I guess even. <laughs> um, which 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 has the most compelling or best villains? Again, I think the Anti Spiral slash Beast Man slash uh, Spiral King. Really, the Spiral King probably more than any of them. But yes, I think I think Gurren Lagan has the best villains. Um, we know why they made the choices they made, and they're not entirely wrong. Obviously, humans went nuts, and they had to be shut down before they threatened everything. Uh, maybe it's draconian, maybe it's even genocidal, but there's a point. The Spiral King's probably the most interesting of them and his army of beastmen because he knows if people come to the service and breathe like crazy, it's going to be the end of humanity. So he's kind of doing, he's being very, very evil for a very good reason. That is, he understands it. You know, he's, yep. he's the hero of his own story, which is always a more interesting villain. Then probably the angels and Sile, just because they're... They do more. They look more. They they have more interesting designs. Uh, we don't really know what Sile is up to, really. We kind of do. And then, like, we get nothing on Medical Machina or Amaro. Like, this could be the same, almost the same anime without them at all. I'm going to flip two on my okay. list. Uh, I'm going to go with the Angels of Sile at number one. Okay. The, the designs are really cool, and it leads to, I think, better... Combat for sure than what we get with um, Medical Mechanica and Amaro, which I am going to put at the bottom of my list uh-huh. as well And Haruko. The only reason I'm going to put Angels and Sile above the Anti-Spiral and, 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 and uh, Beastmen and all that is, and I talked about this when we reviewed the anime, I think the, one of the, the biggest things that fell down for me in watching it was how boring the anti-spiral story and villains were for me. I did not, I did not enjoy it. You're not wrong. I didn't think it, I didn't think they were compelling in any way. Like I said, the spiral King and his beastmen were way more interesting than the anti-spirals. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, to me, so. he kind of had a Magneto vibe, which is weird because I like the second half of the story better than the first half. But I think part of that is because I like the adult versions of these characters better than I like the, the, the younger versions of the characters. That's but it's fair. also weird because I like Kimon or uh, uh, Kamina better. But anyway, right. it's a complex <laughs> love-hate yeah. with this anime. Um, and I, again, yeah, I'd put the, I'd put Mamimi, Haruko, and Eri at the bottom. Matt? Uh, I'm going to put the Anti-Sparrows and the Beastmen at number one. I'm going to put Haruko specifically at number two. And I'm going to put the Angels and Sile at the end. Aside from their designs, the angels have, I don't think, any real personality whatsoever. Harko balances out the uh, nebulousness of Medical Mechanica, I think. Yeah, it's it's three groups of villains kind of all jockeying around each other. It's still better for me than the uh, angels' Sealy stuff. Maybe I'm just uh, not cut out for the uh, religious ponderings and whatnot they're trying to get through and get to in that i am and they're just they don't again they just don't do a good job of it could could be that too all right which anime has the best mechs oh, is Gurren it Lagen. flcl Gurren Lagan or evangelion i spilled my beans didn't i yeah you did too go, yeah go for it go for it matt Gurren Lagan has the best mechs the coolest mechs you know why i think so because they like they are like legos and they can build upon each other. And I love stacking things. Ava's the hungry, hungry hippos of mechs. <laughs> Followed by Conti, who doesn't really do too terribly much by comparison. I'm torn because, yes, Gurren Lagan's mechs are very cool. 
and the Avas are not because like they have extension cords and shit like that. But like, I think that makes the stakes more interesting. Like they make them more interesting. They make the mechs more interesting to me. So I'm, I'm really torn between cool and interesting when it comes to the mechs. I almost want to give the nod to Gurren Lagan, but like, I think the Avas are more interesting. So I'm thinking I'm going to go the Avas just barely a hair above Gurren Lagans and then the mechs in um, FLCL at the bottom. I don't like time limits for superpowers is one thing, I guess. And you get that really awesome scene where uh, Unit 2 just goes ham and just, just rips apart all those other angel things or those angel angel Ava things. Yeah, the Master 2 things. In the movie, which is the one of my favorite fight scenes in anything anime. I tend to agree with Andy here. Uh, I think the Avas are cooler looking. I think they're more iconic. I think they're more distinctive. The, I, I tend to like combiners and building and stacking and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But the art style for Gurren Lagann was just kind of cartoony. I get it, but they're just a little silly. Um, and Conti was like, Made specifically to like sell plushies and shit. Like he's intentioned to be like a <laughs> like a brand ambassador. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, to me the Avas are just more iconic. And yeah, they're grittier, they're nastier. You know, they run on extension cords and battery packs and have all this gross biological stuff that shows up, and nobody's quite sure what they are. And yeah, but they're still the same shape. They are. <laughs> You're not wrong. They are. Um, and like You're I said, right. usually I like robots folding and burging and megazording and but yeah like i said the cartoon is a verb <laughs> the cartooniness of uh gurn lagan knocks them down below the avas like I said, they're just unit one is super iconic the purple and green color scheme and fair enough it's I'll buy that it's one. like the newer more child friendly transformers cartoons right right is like the comparison to like the old classic ones right that's Perfect. Sure. All right. All right. Two more quick categories, and then we need to move on to ending this episode. So yes. future Andy doesn't hate, completely hate current Andy. <laughs> I want to talk about the iconic animals in each of them. Um, all good anime has an animal sidekick. Pen, pen. Um, FLCL has... Pen, pen. There's, there's, <laughs> <laughs> no, no FLCL has Takun, which is the cat, which, uh, by the way, is the, the cat that she names also Takun. Yeah. Uh, she names everything Takun. And, and the robot uh, Takun. Yes. <laughs> um, so not Takun, the robot piece in the last episode. Buta from Gurren Lagan and Pen Pen from Evangelion. Bill is jumping in immediately <laughs> with Pen Pen. Pen Pen. I mean, <laughs> Pen Pen. And then Buddha. Buddha's got some decent, decent moments. He's got some decent characterization. Um, Takun is just there. He is just a thing for Mamibi to be weird about. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Pet the pussy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But Pen, pen Pen's metal as fuck. <laughs> 100% agree with you, Bill. It, it's absolutely Pen Pen, Buta, and Takun. I'm going Buta, Buta, Pen Pen, and then Takun. I don't like it, but I understand it. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't. I loved Pen Pen. Probably my favorite thing in Evangelion. But Buta, he's little. He's fuzzy. He wears sunglasses. <laughs> you can eat part of him and he's fine. I forgot. He can also, tra- he can also transform into your best friend, <laughs> your childhood I best friend. I forgot that you could eat Buta. <laughs> that makes him so close like Menchi. <laughs> We're going to end it there in our, in our category of Fooly Cooly versus Gurren Lagan versus Evangelion. I think that does it for our discussion of Fooly Cooly. Now is the time. 
when we talk about what is on the horizon. We're going to be heading into Season 9 for 2023, and it is officially Josh's pick. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, it is. <laughs> sorry, Matt, anymore. we're bringing Josh back. No, don't, I'm kidding. Don't I'm Josh kidding. me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Just that Josh good, you. That is a good fucking nice, joke. Nice, nice. Uh, no, it is going to be Matt's pick. Matt gets his first official pick on Tuning Japanese, where we get to watch through episode by episode an anime of his choosing. And now is the time where he gets to unveil what that will be. Machu, what'll it be? Super fan Matt become super host Matt. What do you, What is it that you are going to be uh, having us watch? My pick for the new season is my favorite anime of all time. The one back, way back in 2018 I got you guys to watch the first episode of The Irresponsible Captain Tyler. You owe me five bucks. I, you know, I'm going to pay up. All right. And I'm sorry that we went from a nice short series to another 26er. That's the intention more. <laughs> that is the intention. And I do apologize ahead of time if I turn into a super fanboy asshole. <laughs> if there's anything that we, we know to be uh, from this show is that any one of us can knock down the other people's enthusiasm for, for anime. Uh, so I, I can think of several, several examples of things it, like one punch man, me coming in and taking the wind out of bill, uh, bill, bill, bill's love for one punch man or Josh's love for Gungrave, us kicking him while he's down and talking about Gungrave, or you all coming in with my love of, of Wolf's rain and oh. kind of sh- you guys liked Wolf's Reign, but a lot of ways you you you, you put that damn wolf to sleep. I, I, uh, mean, I don't think I, I did. Things. Or maybe, or maybe even Excel Saga a little bit of, <laughs> of, uh, of uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, so don't worry, we'll have an opportunity to challenge you on your fandom of this, as I'm sure as we go through, and we'll see after a actual deep analysis of the anime if it still ends up your number one. <laughs> But yes, season nine is going to be our review of the irresponsible Captain Tyler. Matt, is that streaming anywhere so people can actually watch with us? Yes, it is streaming in several places. You can actually watch it on Crunchyroll. And you can watch the entire show subbed and dubbed on the Nozomi Entertainment YouTube channel. So we will be watching, reviewing, discussing, dissecting Captain Tyler. Probably... (laughs) I, of course, will be using my my super expensive Blu-ray set with art book. <laughs> We're going to be jumping into that season nine. That'll be a 2023 review. Very excited to look at that, actually, because... Probably all of 2023. <laughs> it is, probably. It is another you know, silly anime. Mostly. Maybe. So, at least from my first watching of that first episode. So I'm interested to watch it and, and, and see what I can get out of it. This could work out well because we're watching it in 2023 and episode 23 is my favorite episode. The golden episode. I am curious to see how it shakes out because after watching episode one, I don't know how they can get 26 episodes out of it, but we're going to find out. That's part of the journey. All right. It's time to wrap this up. Uh, thank you so much for the deep dive into Fooly Cooly. I appreciate you both as always. And thank you so much for eight seasons of this show somehow defying the odds and and still carrying on with talking about anime thank you both so much (laughs) defying the 
level of interest we have in things sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And and thank you, RFOWL009 from Reddit for giving us some meat to dive into. Yes. I, w- I would agree. I, I want to watch your version of Fooly Cooly. I also would probably enjoy a little... Well, I took some things to task, but I probably would enjoy that more. So thank thank you to that Redditor. Thank you all, listeners out there, uh, for hopefully enjoying this episode of Fooly Cooly and this deep dive. And with that, I think it's time for us to go. I think I'll agree with that. This has been Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes talk about anime. I have been Andy. He still is Andy, and I'm Bill. That is Andy and Bill, and I'm Matthew. (laughs) (laughs) We will see you next time. Kisses. Looks like Star Trek, the anime, right? Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Patrons also have access to our brand new series, Tuning In, where we watch the first episode of an anime and give you our first impressions. Special thanks to Brian Nash and Superfan Matt.
Bully Crowley, Bully Crowley, Bully Crowley. But Cathy, Cathy, fire away! Cathy, you did it!